Time to talk some motorcycling now, and we've got a rising star joining us in studio. And so we chat quite a bit of motorsport here on SAFM Sports Special, and I am very, very interested uh, to just find out a little bit more about uh, our next guest, Timber Kamala. Timber, welcome to SAFM Sports Special. Thanks for, for taking the time to, to pop by and, and uh, spend some time with us. Oh, thanks, Brad, and thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Timber motorcycling, it's, uh, it's a sport that's been around for a long, long time. You're fairly new to it. You only, only really started riding motorbikes in 2008. Yes, I'm fairly new to it. I've learned quite a bit in a short space of time. The sport has an amazing history, and I just hope to be a part of that history going forward. Absolutely. It's got an amazing history globally, but it's, it's, there's a wonderful motorcycling racing history here in South Africa. There's, 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 I mean, we, we've raced bikes for years, and, and, and you're now part of that. Yes, it's really great. Um, one of my coaches is one of the greats from the glory days of the 80s, and it's just amazing to see what's happening in our sport. I'm trying to play my part in helping it grow in South Africa because it's not quite at world level, but it's something which I strive to push. And I'm just hoping that from here we keep making better steps and getting better and better. For, for listeners who remember those glory days of the 80s, who, who's coaching you? Robbie Peterson. There we go. Robbie Peterson. There's a, a name from the past for, for motorcycle fans. How did you get involved in, in the sport? I mean, wh- when were you first introduced to it? It's quite a crazy story. Um, it was the 2007 June school holidays, and I was sitting at home channel surfing, and I saw MotoGP playing on Supersport, and I thought, there's nothing better to watch. I might as well watch this. And I watched the race from start to finish, and after the first time I watched it, I never really felt like, wow, this is something amazing, I want to do it. But all I remember from back then is that the next time it played, I watched again, and again, and again, and by the end of 2007, I sat down with my mom and I said, I want to start motorcycle racing. And that's when I started riding in pocket bikes at the beginning of 2008. What was your mom's response to that? My mom's very supportive, Um, so shout out to my mom. She's been really special in my career. She's played a humongous part. She always tells the story to people. She says the day where she realized how serious I took it, she says she came home and I was sitting on the arm of the armchair of the couch <laughs> pretending it was a motorbike. I love it. And she says from there she knew that this is a real motorcycle racer, yeah. The reason I ask, what did your mom say? Because I remember as a teenager, I wanted a motorbike. And I remember what my mother said to me, and there was no chance. And to this day, I've, I, I wasn't allowed to, to, to get a motorbike. But racing on a track and racing on the road, or, or, or I say racing on the road, riding on the road on a motorbike, a lot of people have this fear that, oh, you, you're not protected by anything on the road. It's two totally different beasts. I mean, the track is in a controlled environment. You've got leathers on. It's, it's probably a lot safer than riding on the road. To be honest, it is safe on a racetrack. The main reason is that when you crash, there's a lot of runoff, so you don't hit anything at high speed, which prevents injuries or possible death. And there's medics uh, on site, so as soon as you fall, there's immediate medical attention. And unfortunately on the road, you know, some motorists don't really have as much respect as they should for motorcyclists. And for those reasons, I only ride on track. Um, I've been a bit monopolized because I've ridden track my whole life, so I'm a bit afraid to even let myself on the road. It's, a lot of people don't realize that. I mean, and, and that is actually actually true as well. And let, let's talk about the career. You started in pocket bikes. That, that's where it all began. Tell me a little bit about from how the progression has gone to where you are now. So long story short, um, 2008 I raced pocket bikes, and I won the championship that year. In 2009, I stayed in the same class and I won the title again. 
2010, I moved up to 100 cc's at regional level, and I managed to get third that season. And then we progressed 2011, where unfortunately we didn't have sponsorship, so I wasn't able to do the first part of the year. And an opportunity arose for me to race in the European Junior Cup, which is a feeder class for all superbikes. So shout out again to my mom. Um, she took a loan for me to do two rounds there wow. with the best result of fourth in Italy. And that got me some exposure here in South Africa, which got me some of my sponsors, which have been supporting me since then. And then 2012 and 13, I raced in a class called Moto3, which is similar to the World Championship class, where I took runner-up in 2013. And 2014 is where I progressed to the National 600cc Championship. Let's go back to that first year <laughs> in pocket bikes, okay? Your first year and you win the title. That must have created some waves. I mean, a lot of the guys that you were racing with had probably been racing since they could walk. I mean, they, they, a lot of guys in the sport, and, and not just motorcycling, but, but in motorsport in general, come from families where their dad or an uncle has raced. So they've grown up around the sport. In your case, it wasn't like that. You, you got exposed to watching it on TV, and a year later, you go and win the championship. How was that <laughs> received in motorcycling circles in South Africa? It's been received quite well. Um, in my career, it has been a bit of a handicap not having a motorcycling background because a lot of the guys I race with have been doing it since they were four years old. So on the technical side, I'm still trying to gain more knowledge on learn, but I just get more information just from doing as much research I can. It really is my passion. I'm just out there trying to find stuff. Um, I remember from the first time I rode on a racetrack on a pocket bike, and the whole lap I was going half throttle. <laughs> and then um, my friend's dad, uh, Edgar, came to me and he said, Timber, why aren't you using full throttle? And I said, no, if I go full throttle, won't it damage the engine? And he's like, no, 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 open the throttle, you need to go faster. And I remember the next session I went six seconds a lap faster just from using full throttle. So it really opened a few eyes and few people noticed, but then some people just started taking a look at me and... Quite a few people have seen my progression from 2008 to where I am today. And it's, I mean, it's not a long time in, into the 600 cc's now. What's your ultimate goal? I mean, you, you, you seem pretty ambitious. You've, you've, I mean, to come as far as you have in such a short period of time, you have to be. But what, are, what are some of your motorcycling goals? I mean, where do you see yourself as far as a career goes? I have two long-term goals. The one is to be a world champion. Um, it's every racer's dream, but I really believe that I have the ability and provided the opportunities that I can get to that level and succeed. And then my second goal is to change the look at motorcycle racing in South Africa. Because even though the sport has a great heritage, um, amongst ethnic communities, people aren't <laughs> big fans of motorbikes. Mm -hmm. And it's to get black riders into, young black riders into racing because Unfortunately, as it is, when I go to a national race, I'm the only black person there racing. So there are a lot of guys that are getting into road riding, but I have a big goal to try and change South Africa's view on motorsport racing, especially for ethnic communities. We're chatting to Temba Kumalo here on SAFM Sports Special, who's uh, making waves in South African motorcycling circles. There was actually one question I wanted to ask you, because motorcycling has and still is very white-dominated. I mean, if we call a spade a spade, that's the way it is. And I think one of the reasons is probably because it's, it's not the cheapest of sports and and obviously, if you look at the, the sort of economic breakdown in South Africa right now, a lot of the money sitting still sitting in, in, in white hands. So f for you to, to try and... and 
and sort of expose young black kids to to the sport of 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 motorcycling and and that sort of thing. I mean, are, are we gaining ground? Are there more youngsters coming through? Or are we still seeing? I mean, like you say, you that you're the only one that goes to national champs. Uh, but are we seeing some some growth in in previous sort of areas where where maybe there wasn't exposure to motorcycle racing? At the moment, um, that's not really happening. There are a few kids at uh, black kids at regional level, but the main thing is that um, they don't come from also don't come from families with a motorsport backing, so their parents don't have the money to fund the racing. So my hope is that if I could get far enough, then I'd have the money, contact, and expertise to, in essence, start a riding school in South Africa and go and give those kids the opportunities because when someone's riding a bike, you can see when they have that ability and just getting the opportunity to take those kids who do have that ability and give them some of the opportunities that I've been blessed enough to have. Well, we've got our Formula One correspondent, Gugu Zulu, who's, who's done some amazing things in, in uh, motorsport here in South Africa. Also, uh, a black guy who's just really changing the face of things is, is in rallying in that now. My producer said to me, I need to ask you, apparently you've got a bit of a connection with Gugu. Tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> um, in our national series, Super GP, uh, Gugu's a TV presenter, and he's part of organizing it. So I do see him now and then. Great guy, and... You know, he says that he says sometimes that I'm the real race and, <laughs> and that I can surpass what he's done. But yeah, it's great to be involved with people like him. He must be pretty proud of 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 you. I mean, of of what you've managed to achieve because he's he's pretty much faced the same obstacles. It's a different sport, yes, it's motorsport, but it's a it's it's rally driving. But he's probably faced the same obstacles that you're facing. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure he has. Um, we're a bit in slightly different eras, but when I speak to him, it's very similar what we've gone through. Just there's those general things that some people do accept you as a black rider, some people reject you, um, some are blatant about it, some it's very subtle things that you, when you're mm-hmm. sitting at home, you notice, ah, oh, that person did that thing. So um, I would hope that he agrees with me when I say he's proud of me. But yeah, we do have quite a few things in, con- in common. As far as role models and, and who you look up to, I mean, you only got exposed to the sport 2007, essentially. But but who are some of your heroes that, that are racing today that you look up to and go, she's amazing? Mm-hmm. Well, first, it was um, retired MotoGP champion Casey Stoner. That first race I watched, he won it. And ever since then, I've supported him. Now that he's retired, I am a humongous fan of Marc Marquez. Yeah. I think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Um He's just an exceptional motorcycle rider. 2014 winning more races than anyone ever has ever before in a season. Just shows how great he is. And he's young. Yeah, he's only three years older than me. Exactly. How crazy is that? Yeah. So when I was in grade 8, he could have been in grade 11. <laughs> but he's already racing the World Championship. So my hope is that you know he got to live his dream of racing with his Ado Rossi. And hopefully one day I can share a track with him. As far as you say you want to be a world champ, does it for you? Does it matter what class it's in, uh, or, or is there a specific way you want to race? You want to be racing MotoGP? I want. I really want to race MotoGP. To be honest, if I was a world champion in World Superbikes or in the lower class of MotoGP, it would be a dream come true. But the ultimate reach for the stars dream is to be a MotoGP world champion. It's almost like that Formula One thing that people think if you a motor car racer, it's the Formula mm. One world championship, I guess. As far as the financial aspects, you mentioned that you struggled with a bit of sponsorship early on in your career. It's not the cheapest of sports, and I don't think people realize how expensive it is to run these machines and keep them as finely tuned as they are, and the tires are expensive. 
what ballpark figure? I mean, what what would an average season cost for someone like you uh, to, to to ride with regards to bike? What it costs to service that bike and keep it running? So that depends on where you're racing, because what influences cost is rules, um, the amount of modifications allowed on a bike. So in South Africa, in the national championship, ballpark figure around 700k, um, which luckily I've had some sponsorship which has been helping me through. Um, and that's the main difficulty is that, especially to go to overseas, the rand's quite weak compared to... Quite do- weak is an understatement. <laughs> 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 to the dollar and the, the pound, euro. And the main problem is that when you're trying to go there, even if you have a lot of money here, it becomes little very quickly overseas. So um, I've gotten an opportunity to race overseas, and I'm trying to raise funds for that now. Tell me about those two races. You said your mom took a loan to, to fund those that, that opportunity for you to go race in Europe. T- tell me a little bit about those, those races that you raced in. So, like I said, it was in the European Junior Cup, and we all the races were at the European rounds of the World Superbike Championship. So, my mom pretty much paid for me to um, my flight, race entry fees, race costs, crash damages, and she said, I'll try and keep you going as long as you could, but we only had enough for two races. It was quite a great experience. I was only 15 years old, and to be at a historic place like Monza... It was just incredible, and I was at the World Superbike Championship. I saw some of the greats there, and yeah, it's difficult to describe in words how what it's like over there. And pretty much since 2011, all I can think about is getting overseas again and pushing that dream. Uh, it was just a wonderful time. I don't know what more to say about it. How proud is your mom of you? I'd say exceptionally proud. <laughs> um, Sometimes if I, she wants me to work a bit harder at school, which I do understand that uh, in the 21st century, education is more important than um, putting sporting as a priority. So she is happy with me. I matriculated last year. She was happy with my marks except for maths. Um, but yeah, she's really proud of me. My mom and I are a team. She sacrificed a lot for me to be where I am today. And I'm just hoping that one day I can repay all her efforts with just success over one my life. And a world title. That, and that a world would, title. That would be amazing. <laughs> tell, tell us a little bit about Tim Kamala outside of, out of sort of motor racing. What, what else are you into? I mean, you seem like you, you're pretty athletic, you, you're sporty. I mean, what else do you do? I like reading a lot. Um, before I actually started racing, I was a huge Harry Potter nerd. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I was a huge, huge Harry Potter nerd, and that is my life. Um, I like I like reading. Um, I really enjoy training. Um, I used to be fatter and I was small, and becoming a bike racer got me nice and lean. I like hanging out with my friends, um, music, watching sports. Um, my mom was shouting at me this morning, prepare for your interview. I was watching the the Australian Open final with <laughs> Serena and Maria. So, yeah, those are my hobbies. So I'd say sports, music, and reading. Well, you were preparing. We spoke about tennis on the show. So <laughs> you were after. It's fantastic. And look, looking, I mean, you mentioned education is important. I mean, you, you matriculated last year. Any plans or, or, or desires to, to go on to varsity and, and, and maybe get a degree and have that on the side outside of your motorbike or are you just focusing purely on, on racing at the moment? Well, the intention for 2015, there's a new racing series in America called the KTM RC390 Cup. And for 
choosing riders from all over the world. I got selected of one of 40. And like I said, we're trying to raise funds for that now. So if everything went to plan, um, we'd raise enough funding that I could go to America in March. And I'd start racing that, which is in the National American Superbike Championship. And then start studying at Colorado State University. Brilliant stuff. As far as Costco to, to fund that trip, I mean, how much, how much do you need? Are you still a long way off? Uh, I mean, where, where are you standing right now from a financial point of view to get you to the States? We need rough figure $90,000. That's to buy a bike, the running cost of the bike during the season. We've raised about a third of the budget through sponsorship. Um, it's been quite difficult trying to find sponsorship as it is in almost all sports now. So we're just trying to appeal to those uh, mainly corporate sponsors. Um, you know, what we, what I'm trying to sell is Temo Kamala as a brand, which provides an opportunity for them for media exposure, marketing exposure. And the big plus for them is that it will be local and international. The races will be all over America. So, yes, we're just trying to fill that two-thirds budget. And to the, to the listeners, you know, if you're working at a company who really think we can help this boy, I'd really like to appeal to you to invest in me because what I believe that I represent is not only for myself, but it's also for a future for sport and motorsport in South Africa. I look to be an inspiration to youngsters all over the world. Well, I think you are inspiring, and, and I hope that that funding does come through. If people want to find out more about you, or if perhaps someone's listening to this and go, hey, I want to back that, how can they, how can they get hold of you? Where can they find out more about you? My cell phone number is 074-833-9891, or you can contact me on my email, which is temba with an H, kumalo, K-H-U-M-A-L-O, 18 at gmail.com. And you've got a nickname as well. That's all over your bike. Tell us how, how that came about and where that came from. Uh, well, I'm Zulu, um, and my dad's a very, uh, he's very traditional. Um, and, you know, when I was small, I always saw at work, people just called him chief. And I was just thinking that I should be the chief of racing. So um, in 2012, I brought the idea to my mom, and we managed to find someone who designed it. So pretty much the logo on my bike is a, it's a shield with a spear and an in the back, similar to the the coat of arms, and Temba, the Chief Kumala. I like it. Temba, the Chief Kumala, thank you so much for coming through to SAFM Studios this afternoon. It's been amazing catching up. Keep doing what you're doing. I think, I think you're amazing, and uh, hmm. you're going places. Good luck. Thanks again for having me, Brad.